if in the Mushroom Kingdom, mm-hmm. okay, okay, because Super Mario Brothers seems to take place in the Mushroom Kingdom. We get yes. that. We're told that, right? Super Mario World is some other place. I forget what it's called. It may technically be the Mushroom Kingdom, but it looks different. All the flora and fauna are different, right? And the Mushroom Kingdom might be a multi-world. In the Mushroom Kingdom. Yes. The prevailing form of life is mushroom shapes. Yes. You've got toads. You've got uh, Goombas that look like mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And they literally are just the mushroom power-up yeah. with feet. You've got Mario's eyes. hat. Mario's hat. Mm-hmm. It's mushroomish. Yeah, you've got Boos, which are based off the uh, famous Japanese ghost mushroom. Yeah. But... Boos don't even appear in the first Mar- Mario Brothers. This is important. <laughs> well, not that you can see. They're like Wow, invisible. that's right. You're, they're always like one depth field back, and so technically Mario's always facing toward them. Exactly. But yeah. you, anyway, okay. If the Goombas in the first Mario game look like mushrooms, that's because the prevailing form of life is mushroom. Mm-hmm. But in Super Mario World... The prevailing like flora is actually berries yeah. because Yoshi's eat berries and the Goombas look like the berries. So what I'm saying is that Goombas is that are actually flora. Goomba is some kind of like naturally camouflaging entity or maybe some kind of mutation that occurs based on whatever a vegetables are around. Like a camouflaging creature is really interesting. Like a bug that looks like a leaf. A Goomba takes the form of whatever like food item is around which mm-hmm. is not a good like that's not good camouflage you're gonna get eaten yeah that's a, that's not great camouflage. you're just a burger with shoes i'm still gonna eat you that's like, like i'll the take exact, the shoes off and i'll eat it that's the exact opposite of what camouflage is for right exactly except that it that you appear commonplace so so the likelihood is somebody's gonna go well that burger is walking away from me but this burger is just hanging off the side of a bush so i'll just eat the bush one <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to be a more difficult to eat burger. You're trying to scare them by virtue of being a food item that's mobile. And also looking at, like, looking back. Like, you have eyes, that's a deterrent. I think that's, like, but some butterflies have, an eye, have like, eye shapes on the back so that a bird's like, oh, hell no, what's looking at me? I don't want to eat that. But, like, <laughs> but that's still, that still goes against the point of the camouflage to begin with because the things that are making you inedible are just the things that happen because you're alive. That's what I'm saying. I... <laughs> do you think do you think Yukiko check out this segue? Yes. Welcome to Everyday's Great. And ex- Oh, did you want to do Oh, you could do it. No, That's you fine. Do it. Okay, let's do it. Okay, Welcome yeah. to Everyday's Great, an experimental Let's Play podcast with Caleb Zane Hewitt and Nick Splendor. Yes. Do you think Yukiko and Chie would put a Goomba in their curry? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they wouldn't know the difference. Unfortunately, they are not very well educated on what a food is or isn't. Mm-hmm. They're remarking that there is black pepper and white pepper and why don't we just get both without even considering what the flavor profile is of either one? They would definitely dip a Goomba in the curry. And we are talking of course about their grocery trip on June 16th. Okay, we're at Juness. We're shopping with them. It's right after school. We didn't do anything during school that day. Yeah. And Yukiko and Chie are both trying to cook for the upcoming camping trip yeah they have decided they're gonna make curry and they have also decided to not look up at all what curry is made out of. i love that (laughs) (laughs) 
So they walk around Juness, which apparently in their produce section has... It's just misting perpetually. Yeah. All over the veg. <laughs> and I, there's no way that all those vegetables are not just soaking wet. The fruits and veg are in a spa. Juness <laughs> has the spa section and vegetables happen to live there. Yeah, all the new vegetables get put there first to chill them out. Like uh-huh. really help them uh, acclimate. We find that the the skins of the tomatoes become increasingly supple as they soak and luxuriate within the mist. You just made me never want to eat a tomato again. (laughs) The supple skins of the tomato. (laughs) It's like an old boot. (laughs) (laughs) Like a boot one might find on a goomba. Mm -hmm. What What if plants did taste better if they were, like, chill? Uh, yeah, you they don't want to be stressed out. Mm-hmm. You had even after they were taken off the plant, you had. Well, to... you're supposed to whisper to plants, right? You're supposed to whisper little sweet nothings to a plant that's growing in your house. I don't know if that's real science. It is, if only because it like directly oxygenates their little, you know, their little <laughs> um, leaf leaflets. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's hey, just... listen, I've read a lot of stuff. It's and... so hard to find CO two in the air. Sometimes you just have to talk to them so they can find it. Oh, it's excuse just like, me. Where is it? Yeah, where? Just uh, like, where's the CO2? Well, plants are dying left and right. Well, why do you think plants are outside mostly? It's because there's a breeze. Like it's helping them get more ca- carbon dioxide faster. Mm-hmm. That's why plants are outside. Well, it, and it also cools them down, which keeps them relaxed, which makes them delicious. They're very calm. They got plant. They're taking deep breaths. Nature is one big deep breath. And and you need to respect that. Mm-hmm. And yes, you do need to sing little so, little soft songs to your plants. Mm-hmm. They get happier. I've seen it. Maybe that's why I don't like salads. I haven't been singing to them before I make them. <sighs> I had a bonsai tree once, and I would sing to it every night before I went to sleep. And How'd then, that go? Well, it went great until my cat ate all the leaves. <laughs> I came in, and my cat had deboned the entire bonsai tree. Why did consumed she pluck the all tree? the leaves? She was hungry. My little Rufus cat was hilariously hungry. <laughs> Lived with a cat named Rufus. She loved to eat a leaf. Oh, Aww. that poor tree. Um. Anyway, the girls buy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Grocery stores. We're talking. We're trying. I. I what want if there was you- a grocery store like like you know the place where you go to hang out with cats. Yes. What if there was that but a grocery store so the cat could hang out at the at the fruit spot too? That's the Home Depot garden department. Are there <laughs> That's why they've got that famous cat in their branding. The mm-hmm. little cat face. I want I want you to know that I'm gonna be riffing and, and, and jumping around on this episode because I hate it this week of Persona 4. Oh my gosh. I'm it was actually so tra- bad and I don't want to talk about it. I We haven't even started and I'm already desperately <laughs> reaching for other things to That's talk about. That's what I'm about. saying. Like, let's talk about Mario. Let's talk about anything. Let's talk about putting shoes on a salad. Like any, <laughs> literally anything other than this goddamn camping trip. <laughs> putting shoes on a salad. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Walking around. I imagine it kind of being like Marcel the Shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got little tomato eyes. Mm-hmm, little tomato eyes. Hello. When it does a little jump, all the leaves like separate up in like layers and then settle back down. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. It is cute. I'd eat it. <laughs>
But instead of a salad, the girls decide to make curry. Uh, yes. They they play on the joke that we've seen a lot from Yukiko, which is like, how do I cook? I don't know how. It's disgusting. I don't even recognize food. So they get yeah. all this different ingredients. They get three different ways to, quote unquote, thicken up the curry, including potato starch and both kinds of flour. <sighs> we might as well get whole wheat flour and all-purpose flour. <laughs> so it, it foretells a bad time at the camping trip. But we move on from that and go yeah. tutor shoe later that evening. That's right. On, and he yeah. he does a very middle school thing of going on and on about how his friend uh-huh. is having a really bad time at school and his friend yeah. doesn't have any friends other than this older tutor named Avery. But it's not me. It's not me. It's, <laughs> it's like not, a different... And it's not you. It's like some other tutor. Like apparently there's a lot of tutors named Avery. Apparently that's a very common name for people who tutor. <laughs> very, very common tutor. Yeah. And if my friend was getting bullied, like, would he have to worry about... Would he or she have to worry about getting bullied in high school? Like, for example, your high school where I'm planning to go next year yeah is there bullying, is there bullying the high there? school and i think we said no yeah we said no i don't not. know that for sure i mean i'm new still you gotta remember we've only been here for like two months that's <laughs> i mean it feels like a lot of stuff has happened and yeah. it has but it's been about two months uh, just because i haven't seen i mean i've seen some shitty people yeah. in the high school mm-hmm. i've seen some people say some stuff that i w- w- wish i could obliterate we've seen some creeps named yosuke oh absolutely We've had a lot of people make a big deal about how we're new. Yep, yep. So, anyway, but we tell him there's no bullying, and he goes, oh, that sounds good. And then, what else did we say to him? That's basically the whole conversation that day. I mean, we're kind of trying to tell him, like, hey, it's going to be all right. Yeah, it gets better. It gets better, and we don't, that's not really, you know, it's not necessarily true, but, you know. For, in his case, it but really it does should be. Seem I like want a, it to be. an issue where he just kind of needs, to, an issue, where he just kind oh. of needs to level up a little. Yeah, exactly. A little. yeah. And that's fine. And it's good to be encouraging. It's hard to be encouraging when the people you're around in your high school life are just being, just being as Yosuke as they can be. Speaking of which, the school camping trip starts tomorrow and it's June June 17th. 17th. So we go on a school camping trip and like, oh my gosh, I wrote down a lot of notes for this and I just like don't even want to talk about it. I, like, don't even want to talk about these notes. Caleb, is this something that happens in the original game, or is this golden content? This is original. This is original game. The only thing about this that I noticed was golden content is they added a line for Yosuke where he talks about how his bike got broken. So would this have been the first time we met Hanako yes. in the original game? Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, so... I'm just going to sum up what happens roughly. Yeah. So we go to this camping trip and it turns out most of our class has just bailed like almost the entire class has said that they're sick and so they don't want to go because this is traditionally a really really bad trip i'm glad we're not the only ones having a bad time yeah i want to imagine that almost everybody in a year previous Uh has had some experience like we've had where they just go Oh, hell no. I'm never going back to the woods. Uh, <laughs> like, I will never set foot in the woods again. So a key part of this camping trip, what they're doing is they're doing, like, cleanup work. Like, they're doing community service. They're going around to these parks oh. and places, and they're cleaning up trash. Okay. That's, like, the first part of it. And so a lot of kids are bailing because they don't want to do work like that. Oh, okay. That really wasn't very clear to me. The second part is that the kids are required to cook their own meals while they're there so cook their own dinner right in preparation for that chie and yukiko went shopping with us the day before because chie and yukiko said they were going to cook for the whole group yes which is chie yukiko us and yosuke right 
what happened in the grocery store was little old Avery Day's crate stood next to the cart and just emitted increasing numbers of exclamation marks from his head. Yeah. Rather than providing any input or going, what if we try something simpler? Or why don't we, maybe you don't need all of those kinds of flour. Or, or just like, oh, I'd better get some food of my own also. We were 100% trapped into just letting them ruin everybody's night. Yeah. Even when the game tried to make it clear that Avery knew they were making bad choices. Right. He didn't even grab... There's no gorp. There's no bars. There's <laughs> nothing. We got no extra food. We've got one meal of, of disaster curry. Uh-huh. And then silence. Chi and Yukiko make it. Yosuke's being really, really gross about how excited he is to have a meal from a girl. Wow. Uh, this is the beginning... Well, I guess maybe this is the middle of the end of my relationship with Yosuke, but uh, this guy... I really don't remember hating him this much when I played it before, but I wow. am furious with him. It's I think part of it is when I used to play this game, yeah. I used to just sort of like breeze through all this stuff. So right. even if it was annoying or bad, it happened very quickly and I like moved on and I played a lot of the game at once. Right. So that stuff kind of fell... It, like behind and you can kind of go i'm worried about the murders i want to go back to the dungeon whatever 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 you could kind of but we're like reading each line of dialogue <laughs> for 20 seconds uh-huh. and then like commenting on it to each other and i'm trying to stop doing that no, especially no, no. during this scene. i it's mean not it's not because f- you're playing long it's that we have to talk about it in these chunks oh right again then like, we right exactly that's what's making it feel like but extra bad between trying to pay extra special attention to everything that happens while we're playing yeah. so that we have stuff to talk about and then coming back and revisiting it. Like if we could just breeze past it and never speak of it again, that would be one thing. Uh-huh. But we have built a prison for ourselves <laughs> with these microphones wherein I must relive the absolute assholery of Yosuke Hanamura. Yosuke eats their curry first and passes out. Wakes back up, yeah. warns us, like, don't you dare take a bite. Well, he screams at them first. Yeah, he's, he's... How could you possibly do this? What's wrong with you? This, is, this isn't food. I'll eat just about anything, but I can't eat this. After helping not at all... Yeah, sitting uh, with, oh, wow, I just can't wait for a, a, a woman to make me food. Yeah, it was awful. He deserves to fall over yeah. dead in that moment, which he did. Yeah. And then he warns us, like, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Like, don't eat it. Right. But we eat it anyway because it makes everybody, like, happy with us. Right. We were like, okay... The thing to do here is not to just shove it away. We have yeah. to go, okay, I'm going to at least try it. Yes. And, and we, we had enough determination right. to do so. So we try it. We also pass out. Wake up later. <laughs> that's a funny, that's like a funny animation moment. Uh-huh. Where the, just like the bite, pause, and then immediately they're on their side. Just like, bah! <laughs> like <laughs> They fall completely over. Yeah. And... We wake up a little bit later. Everybody's hungry. The girls don't even try their own food because yeah. they saw how awful it did us. And how- I feel bad. Like, I know they're learning. Like, I don't have any bad feelings toward them except, like... We should have had a backup. Read a recipe and bring a backup. Like, they're improvising in the vegetable aisle, and it's already too late. It seems obvious that you shouldn't be improvising one of the first things you make. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you need to do more direct practice. Start with some fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Make some. Just bring, like, a box of mac and cheese. Right. And again, it's only been, like, three weeks since Yukiko started trying to learn to cook. Uh-huh. Like, I don't <laughs> hold it against her. Yes. Like, like, I don't have any problem with them other than just this whole situation is contrived. Yeah. I felt the funnel of fate in this week. More than most other ones, right? So that's an interesting way to put it, is that this was obviously a 
a sequence of events intended to make us laugh. Yeah. They made everybody look like a bad idiot yep. for an entire few days of this game right? in order to make us have like a good old funny time. And it's like when, it's like the Sonic Boom problem, right? Mm-hmm. When the story, when the writers stop respecting the characters, yeah. it just feels horrible. And we, there's so much, so much of the rest of the game is so good. Mm-hmm. But these prolonged sequences where everything is more scripted yeah and it takes you almost completely out of the story and you're just watching these other people do stuff yeah they're all presented so disrespectfully and so negatively for apparently comedic value and it's not working at all and it undermines for me everything yeah like it it takes you away from liking almost anybody like so to sum up what happens for the rest right, of this okay. game. So like, what, yeah. they eat, we all go to our uh, our tent rooms. Kanji shows up at our tent and says that he's the only first year that came because he was told that if he didn't show up for right. this, then he would be kicked out of school right. because he's missed so much stuff. He says he was all by himself, I think. Either he was all I by himself so. or the other kids were scared of him or something. Yeah, he was just not... One way, one way or another, he was not comfortable in the first year tent. So he came to our tent which is the second years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came to the second year tent and the only second year guys that showed up apparently were Yosuke and Avery. Right. So he comes to stay with Yosuke and Avery. Their tent is set up on like an incline. So there's a huge giant rock under a third of it. So it, <laughs> it's like super, super elevated yeah. and awful. Yeah. And then the other two are like normal and they've got a little lamp in there. Right. So Yosuke and Avery are just hanging out. Kanji shows up and explains he needs to stay with them. Yeah. And Yosuke is like, fine, well then you have to sleep on that rock. And Kanji's <laughs> like, no, I'll... No fall off in my sleep like right. that's there's awful. plenty of room here for all of us down here on the flat part so then finally quote unquote <sighs> yeah they address directly like kanji are you gay yeah they do it in the shittiest way possible yeah. because yosuke says kanji are we going to be safe being in the same tent as you uh, it's so fucked up whatever dude it sucks so much god i can't like i'm so i am struck i am awestruck yeah the f- by the fact that i like i liked yosuke hanamura like mm. i came out of that game not thinking he was the worst person of all time yeah and i, uh, I you're wondering how i did that yeah does he get better as the story goes on does he just do we who de-emphasize knows? his who knows now i don't trust my own memories or instincts because or you're not remembering these details at all you're no going like what is this? I vaguely remember that it was like annoying yeah. or like not great and that Yosuke was in general like kind of shitty, but I remember the whole game just having kind of a like sexist right, tone over right. it and like a homophobic tone but over you, it. But you blur it out and especially, I mean, what? This is 10-ish years ago almost. Yeah. Like we, I think we both come from a cultural context where it was it's supposed to be easier to just gloss over that stuff. Yeah. Kind of, maybe you just go, of course it's like this. I just don't, I'm not going to pay attention to it or, well, it's not that bad because X, Y, or Z, like you're Mm -hmm. trying to rationalize it. You're either trying to just ignore it or rationalize it when you're a teen growing up in the heteropatriarchy. Mm -hmm. Right. But then now like, and as time has gone on and we become increasingly attuned to these things that we need to be attuned to, it's just, miserable it's so it's so bad it's excruciating and (laughs) so what ends up happening is that yosuke by asking kanji this kanji gets uncomfortable because he's mad like first of all that yosuke is acting like he's going to be hitting on them and second of all he doesn't explicitly say 
I am or not gay, but he's right. like, I'm not scared around women anymore. Like, I, you don't, I'm not worried about this. Yeah. And so he's like, are you saying that you want me to go like into the girl's tent right now? And Yosuke's like, no, because that would be a bad idea. Right. But he's not trying very hard to stop him. Kanji gets super riled up and he goes to the girl's tent. Right. When he breaks into the girl's tent, the girl's thinking he's like a bear or something. Uh, Chie just knocks him out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and leaves him in there. Chie and Yukiko, who have had trouble sleeping because they are staying in a room with Hanako and nothing about Hanako can be pleasant or kind and she can't have any sort of, like, she, they, they, nuance they, to her right. character she, at she's all. Laying, she's asleep. She's already asleep. She's snoring. Yeah. And they are being driven mad by her snoring. It's the worst. Uh, so, at, at the expense of Kanji and Hanako, yeah. we get, basically, a shipping sequence. Like, and that's what's the worst part right. about this, is that it's not teens farting around and like being right. shitty it's that it's like okay we want the straight boys yeah. in a tent with the straight girls yes and so in order to get there we're going to make sure that we fuck with the gay dude and the woman who's not traditionally attractive uh. and so it's like it's stupid and it gives you the chance to be like to, to kind of flirt with them a little bit and then that continues in the next day right but it, in this night it's just that the two of them come and they decide they have to stay in the tent with you right and they they talk about uh, you know, we just got to stay here so we don't get caught, but don't try anything. And they bit so describes building a barrier with all the stuff between yeah. the boys and the girls. And like, we talked some while we were playing about like shit like this that we got into when we were teens. Like, yeah. not in a, you know, not this exact kind of thing, but the kind of situation where you're like, I will do anything I possibly can to just like get closer to a person I'm attracted to. Yeah. And I, and we've all done embarrassing things or just tried something ridiculous because it's like, well, what if I just do this? I don't know. Yeah. Um, oops. We're now we have to sleep in the same tent. Well, the worst part about this is that it didn't even give any of the characters that kind of cute. Right. Agency. Exactly. That's what, like, right. Cause there is an aspect of high school that there is something that's cute and mineable and explorable right. about people like, fabricating events in order to like be in the same room with someone or like wondering your way through to just like i don't i can't ever speak about this out loud but i could what if it's an accident yeah but this like this was god making it so that they had to be in the same tent with each other even though none of these individual people put any energy into that happening exactly and none of them are are like that's an interesting thing that's missing from this story Mm -hmm. is anybody really talking actively about wanting any particular thing. Yes. And I suppose that is partly because of our silent protagonist Mm -hmm. and partly also because whatever else happens has to depend upon what we want, right? Yes. So, like, given that, as I am beginning to infer, it seems like we could wind up dating any one of several of these women. Yes. Right? And so if, like, we chose to date Yukiko, you couldn't have it hard-coded into the story necessarily that that Yosuke likes Yukiko. Yes. Because then you wouldn't be able to get along. He's got to be able to pick the other one or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but that's kind of like it's visual so novel weird. expectation. But and I think ultimately it's always going to be more interesting story-wise and in general if you just let characters like each other and then if you pick that one, you have to deal with that. Like exactly. allowing that be part of the story. Right. Is way, way more interesting. Right. Rather than this vague, like, Yosuke, Yosuke is putting effort into getting with a girl. Yes. But he doesn't care which one. He's And in, and maybe that works in a certain way because he doesn't have a strong opinion. But the unopinionated nature right. of these other characters in relation to each other 
in a lot of ways, especially in these longer scenes mm-hmm. where they feel more generic. They feel more sort of boilerplate. Yes. Rather than the individual scenes where sort of more nuance emerges. So Persona gives you a lot of really nice characters and a lot of really cool like people that are sort of standalone, like built characters. I think they suffer a little bit from what I think of sometimes as like the D and D problem of when everybody makes an interesting character and then you kind of can never quite figure out even through a whole campaign, why those people are together. Interesting. They, They just all are kind of like, Either there has to be some sort of like external def- like reason, like oh well, you're all getting paid, and so uh, you're all just kind of in the same room. Uh-huh. But like p- characters that would not actually get along, or that never really interact with each other in a substantive way, are working together to like solve this external problem. And so we have a group of people yeah. that are all sitting around talking about the things they want to do and like in relation to themselves yes. but not actually relating to each other or making any major differences on each other yeah with the exception of avery interesting that's a very good way to put that because in the D situation you have generally speaking people individually creating a character they are interested in yeah and in a lot of cases not knowing or not being allowed to know who the other characters are persona 4 is better about this than some because a lot of the characters have pre-existing relationships with each other and even in this game even though they're around each other and doing things together the only person that seems to have an effect on anyone is avery right and everyone else is just kind of in the same room fighting the same battles well and another aspect of that has got to be the potential non-linearity of the way that things happen that's true right and so at this point we have the weird dissonance of having gone all the way through most of dojima's Right. Entire storyline, interpersonal wise, like uh-huh. his his social link storyline, where we're seeing this developing, blossoming family feeling <laughs> two months in because we have godlike charisma, uh-huh. versus this two months into the story thing that has to happen on this exact date. Mm-hmm. This thing is locked into the calendar because yeah. this is the camping trip and it happens at this particular time. So and really, we aren't supposed to even still know these people very much. Right. Like, we should have spent more time, like, reading books and doing odd jobs to improve our stats before we could do any of this stuff, right? Yeah, and so we're seeing, like, a Yosuke, if, even if you had helped Yosuke, Chie, or Yukiko through their individual problems right. in a way that would have helped them get away from this kind of attitude, uh-huh. the game has this exact script happening here. Yeah. So there's no way, there's no way to get them to a place where they're like healthier than this. I think that helps me understand why these scenes are so bad. Because they can't be directly, re- I mean, it would be entirely yeah. too much or they just technically aren't linked the individual progression of these characters yeah they are scripted and that's why they feel generic mm-hmm. that's why they feel disconnected from the other stuff because they literally are they're just like set pieces they're just comedy set pieces yeah it's letting the, the writers exhibit their worst biases the next day is <laughs> june 18th june 18th and they all go swimming yes it's revealed that Yosuke has brought swimsuits for Chie and Yukiko, which is maybe the most disgusting thing this show has done yet. Again. I would like to just really marinate in that for one second. When I saw that he pulled swimsuits out of his coat pockets, I imagined, I saw all, I felt the whole, I relived his last two days in yeah. my head in a flash and mm-hmm. I experienced nausea. 
because <laughs> he says he went to Juness. He got them. He got them swimsuits on sale without anticipating. Like he knew that this day would come. He was plotting on the second day of the camping trip. Uh, we will go swimming, and I assume that they will not bring swimsuits because they do not want to go swimming. And so, in order to see my friends' tummies, I will <laughs> get them bikini swimsuits. Oh yeah, this is going to be real good. And he's flipping through the swimsuits in the department store, and he's making the purchase, and he's trying not to look at the cashier and the eyes. <laughs> these are for my these are for my sisters. These they made me get this for my sisters. I didn't even want to do. And the cashier doesn't give a shit. She knows you suck. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. There's no That's good answer. That's why your name this. is Yusuke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then and he and then I just imagine him. The, the, the like giddy anticipation he must have been feeling as he hid them in his jacket. Yeah, they're in his jacket. And as they're walking down to the swimming hole river, he feels them in his pockets. He double checks that they are there. No. Yosuke Hanamura, uh... swimsuit criminal, <laughs> is fingering the fabric of the bikini top in his jacket pockets. Uh... And he's preparing his lines. And he is being every shitty teenager that has ever lived. He's being the shittiest one. He spends this whole conversation. He spends the whole conversation guilting them into putting these swimsuits on. He's going, you made us bad dinner. And like, uh, you owe us. Oh, so you're going to make us bad food that I demanded you make. And also a little bit. And so, oh, and you think that gives you a right to not put on this swimsuit I buy you? Yosuke, you are excommunicated. He's excommunicated. He is removed from the party. Yosuke Hanamura will not be joining us in the TV world any longer. (laughs) Yosuke will not be receiving the benefits of my social link. Yosuke's out. He needs to prove himself. He needs to get his shit together. For real. The only saving grace, if I may say. Go for it. From this horrible thing that this game made me live through. Uh Uh-huh. Is that Yukiko and Chie kick them into the water. I love that part. And then Devilman Moraoka vomits in the river upstream Mm -hmm. and they all get covered in it. So here's the thing, though. (laughs) Yes, like, yes, that punishment is good and I'm glad that it happens. It's not. But (sighs) especially I've been thinking about this a lot around fucking anime punishment for men's moral behavior right is that like it is always used as a way to let the creator and the audience like have their cake and eat it too bingo i've been watching my hero academia lately, yes and my hero academia does this especially with one particular character who's like this awful like kid with a boat a boat suit okay who just like everything he says is awful and annoying like there's a point where he like gropes this other character uh-huh. and then that character like holds him underwater like fake drowns him for a minute and right. that's supposed to like make it better but like even while she's fake drowning him the way that the animation is done ah. is to like emphasize her body yes and like the whole well i know this is bad but i also know it's good and so we're gonna do it like we're gonna do it but then i'm gonna say this is bad right allowing for both like enjoy this this like enormous set of boobs that i've drawn right and then also enjoy that i've punished the bad immoral man right and we all know this is wrong but we all also know you want it and so yeah it's it's, so so gross i know so we do like see 
the drawings of their swimsuits. Yes. Like, we do see that. Mm-hmm. And then they get kicked in the water and thrown up on. And the, the thing is, also, again, it's like fate. Like, it's this, like, deus ex machina of punishment. Where yes. it's not even that they feel so bad about what they've done. Right. Like, Yosuke doesn't regret seeing his friend's breasts. Yes. Tops. Mm-hmm. Like, he's happy about that. He loves it. Yeah, it, the punishment doesn't, like, change the fact that he, he he will still continue to do the crime. Exactly. and But, uh, so then, so then he, fe- like, for this secondary thing to happen, like, oh boy, they really got what was coming to them. First of all, presumes a causality in the universe which does not exist. <laughs> bad things do not happen to people who do bad things. They only happen when we do bad things to the people who do bad things. Right. Like, we have to do the punishment. But the only way way that this would be made up for is if we moved on from this with a conversation about how Yosuke was going to stop doing that. Exactly. And that... Nothing. It doesn't happen, and of course he's not going to. And so, and that's he, the same with mm-hmm. My Hero Academia, the same character where this character continually gets punished. Yeah. But his fervor for women powers him through any punishment that he receives. <sighs> yeah. And that aspect of it is what makes it gross and irredeemable, and makes it an invaluable punishment. Exactly. If this like happenstance trauma was enough to shake Yosuke out of his like imperturbable horniness, yeah. Like, then that would be something, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't, and it's not going to. We're, su- again, yeah, we're supposed to take sort of sadistic, vicarious pleasure. In, in both of these things. Both of these things. The worst part is that this is a game that's supposed to be about your effect on the world and on people, and yes. you are given zero, we, like, no agency in this whole process. We're an absolute bystander. The only inputs we have in this whole sequence basic, is, is when Yosuke says, wow, they look pretty good, don't they? And you can say, you look really cute, Yukiko, or you look really cute, Chie, or you both look really cute, or dot, 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 And if you say nothing... Which we did. Then the girls get mad at you because they've been scripted to get pissed that you didn't say either of them was cute. Yeah. And it's like... And so, kill me. It's so... It's so... This is like... So Persona 5, and I don't want to like belabor the references to that one, but I think maybe some of our listeners have been playing that. Persona 5 has the worst like summer trip of any of them. Yeah, you told me about the beach trip. Yeah, and it's like like, to the point where I almost just like turned off the game and left. Yeah. This isn't quite, this still is not quite as bad as that is, but one of the reasons why I hated it so much is I was like, wow, this is way worse. Now... Going back and playing Persona 4? Yeah. It's not way worse. It's, it's just, just worse. It's just like longer and with better graphics, Exactly. Right? Like, There's just an animated sequence uh, for it in, man. The, in Persona 5. And it's not just about... The other thing that, that is painful about it is that we are supposed to be building relationships with these people. Yes. Like, that's the like fundamental game mechanic. Mm-hmm. And in this case, nobody's coming out feeling better about each other. Right. Why are these people still going to be friends after this? Right, right, right exactly. Like, why would Chie and Yukiko... Even put on the swimsuits to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then why would they still be our friends? Like, well, like the, it continues to function on this idea that because they've been exposed to the TV world and they want to solve the murders, they're all like bound together. <sighs> but if this were realistic, I honestly feel like Yosuke would become a bad guy because he'd get kicked out of the team. Yeah. Like, and would, that would be interesting. Yeah. And like, even if I keep thinking about how how much more interesting this trip would have been if they had had actual specific interests and relationships with each other. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe this really does happen 
with straight men in high school, but like, I don't remember anybody ever going somewhere and being like, any of these women, any of them. Like, and I know that that must actually happen, and I know that that happens in a club scene. Like, yeah. Club, in the club scene. I think, um, given people, given my own experience and people that I knew, mm-hmm. like, I really didn't have very many friends that I talked to about our, like, romantic and sexual interests. Yeah. Like, it was real repressed and, and bound up, and I didn't really explore a lot of that stuff until I was like in college even. Yeah. But I definitely had crushes. Which I don't think is uncommon. I don't think so either, but it is like, but I did like date a few Mm -hmm. people and, 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 and I've definitely been in a circumstance where I liked a certain person, but you do have that like, okay, but if they don't like me, but we are here with somebody else liked me, then I would like want to like, I would be interested in that. Yeah. It's, it's desperation, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not good. And it doesn't mean like, but I, I know that feeling. It would be cool though, to see like a trip where Yosuke specifically likes Yukiko, yeah. which has been kind of hinted before, but not made very clear. Yep. And like, he was specifically talking to us about like, Hey, how, how do you think I should talk to Yukiko? Yes. Or like, we're going on this camping trip. Like, let's try to figure out a way where I can hang out with Yukiko, giving you the option to like, it's so, like, you have to distract Chie. You can take that time to either try to flirt with Chie or just right. be like, uh, yeah, he wants to hang out with Yukiko. Like, and like, yeah, having going on a trip and having Kanji, like maybe actually have a crush on you and then having to deal with like Kanji coming up to you and being like, Hey, I'm kind of interested in you. Like, what do we do about this? And yeah. you having the opportunity to like, spurn mm-hmm. that or or like uh talk about it or accept it and like date him right like having specific goals from all these people and specific interests and like relationships to each other and yep. would have allowed for conversations and team building in a way that would feel more genuine than just like half of your team has kicked the other half of your team in the face one of them right. has been knocked out three of them have been dropped in the river one of them has committed harassment on two other team members exactly and it's like, a, and a, a long clear-cut gender and sexuality lines yes like just this rough gen- it's generic it's yes. generalized bullshit it i is. hated this part how long have we been talking jesus christ <laughs> okay well, let's all right let's move on uh, uh, we, we were saying we didn't want to talk about this scene at all and now we've <laughs> talked about it for 45 goddamn minutes Ugh. Here we June go. 19th. June 19th. So we order a huge fish combo on the TV because we only order fish on the TV. <laughs> I don't want anything from the TV except fish. <laughs> don't even try to send me a shoe. I don't care. And then we then we run into an old woman who complains about how humid it is and then says, I need an old key. Do not ask me why I need the old key. I just need to open something. <laughs> Which, like, the implication that keys are going to open stuff based on their age. Yeah. Like, all keys made in 1993 <laughs> open every lock. Made in 1993. The trick is that actually any lock you buy today was created in the 70s right so what they do is they they build the locks they hide them away for a while and then they release them intermittently so there are there's a mix of locks given out every year from from the 60s to today right exactly there aren't an infinite number of simple like locks like right it's a finite number and Mm -hmm. they have to be distributed on a, a sort of annual rotation such that it's very unlikely that any given that you know like when a key came from and when a lot came from and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't really piece that together it's yeah. the candy corn model it's like a wine vintage thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> so she tells us that if we find an old key for her she'll give us something that you can never buy with money which is like love uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, we, we hear from someone else walking around town that Nanako, Nanako said to them, 
eating out is bad, so I'll resist. (laughs) (laughs) Which is adorable. I love Nanaka. Apparently, it's a direct quote. Yeah. We find Hisano Kuroda, the old lady from the hospital, hanging out by the riverbed. Right. She has a conversation with us where she doesn't say very much. She Mm -hmm. just says, I'm Hisano Kuroda. You should come talk to me sometimes. I am death. (laughs) Yeah. And we're like, oh, you're Uh, you're death? uh, Sorry, hmm? And she's like, (laughs) <laughs> Talk to you soon. Yeah, oh no! <laughs> and that's level one of death, the Death Arcana. Deaths around the riverbend. What's your theories about her right now? <laughs> I have no theories. I hope that she is the physical incarnation of death. That would be very nice. That'd be great. Like she goes to the hospital and like appears when a person needs to die. Uh, I love physical manifestations of death, especially when they are unorthodox. I love Terry Pratchett's depiction of death as mm-hmm. a character. He's very good. And so if Hisano is literally death, <laughs> then that's good. And interesting because then wouldn't she know something about the murders, perhaps? That's wouldn't possible, Wouldn't she sometimes yeah. somehow be connected to that? Now, on the other hand, she might just be yet another weird old lady. Um, <laughs> but now I'm beginning to think, because of the number, we've talked to, what, five, six different old women <laughs> in just the last two weeks That's of this most game. of the old women in the world. Uh, yeah, for real, like per capita, like, per, like within one city, like that's a lot. Well, I think it's one of those kind of like, it's it's a place where most of the people there are in an older generation. Oh, sure, they've been because it's an older place that makes that's a lot of sense. not been urbanized. Yes, so it's either like a retirement place or just the people that are there have been there for a long time. Totally, dude. I heard that there are towns in New Zealand that have that problem that are like offering grants to move young people from other countries to live there because and like we should go. Let's just go move to New Zealand. Why, why not? There? But the thing I was thinking about the old women is that maybe they have a kind of like. There might be a collection of occult elderly ladies Mm -hmm. in this town. Committing the murders? I don't think they're committing the murders. I think that there's a lot of, like, dark energy running through this city. Mm -hmm. I think if, like, if the TV world specifically is kind of on this place, you know, right now, that they are maybe dialed into that. They're connected to, they've been studying it, like, you know. And they maybe don't do anything, but a kind there of are like, a lot of background old women. That's true. That's what I'm saying. And many of them want strange things from you. Uh-huh. And many of them do are, not ask what I want to unlock, but it is the heart of the world. And she <laughs> knows that it's a thing which can only come from the TV world. Mm-hmm. I think that's why she asked for the old key, because she knows there's one old key in the TV world. And that you can get it for her. And she says that she'll give you something that can, you can never buy with money, which could be a pact with the devil. Yes, exactly. So, that because, makes sense to yeah. me. The, <laughs> <laughs> we see an interview with Risei Kujikawa on the TV that night. Yes. Risei Kujikawa was the person who did the Kellery Magic commercial from the very first episode of The Game and This Podcast. Right, which I only very vaguely remember, but apparently that was a foreshadow. It was like one of the first things in the anime cutscenes we saw yeah and it's just like a girl in a swimsuit bouncing around being yes. like the delicious taste of calorie magic yeah it turns out that she is going to be coming to inaba 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 she's going to be coming to inaba because she needs a break from show business and her family runs the tofu shop yes maruku she's being <laughs> she's being kind of cagey about exactly why right she's just saying like i need a break and people right. are like why do you need a break and she's like i it doesn't matter i'm not gonna talk about it but there, there's a very funny exposition scene where she's getting interviewed on the tv and they say everything we need to know to set the <laughs> stage for her to appear in the game it was so good is it true that your family runs the tofu shop marukyu in the town of inaba 
<laughs> she's like, uh, yeah, but I don't know why that's relevant. And they're like, well, are you going to go there and are you aware of the murders? <laughs> Which high school are you going to be going to? Are you going to be going to the high school that the main character of the video game Persona 4 is in? Because there's only one high school in Inaba and it's Yasugami High. You may remember the name from earlier when we went to Yasugami High. <laughs> it's, 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 it actually, the way that the script goes out of its way to make it seem like this is just like happenstance information yeah. for you while deliberately giving you, <laughs> it starts with, it starts with apparently you're on the tail end of an interview. Right. But he says, like, now let me know if you have any questions. And then they ask questions that would have definitely been covered in the majority of an interview. It should have been establishing. <laughs> like, like really obvious questions. Like, is yeah. it true you're taking a break and going to Inaba? Yeah. And it's like, yes, that's what this whole interview was about. Yeah, dog. We said that 20 minutes ago for sure. <laughs> the whole time we were here. And so, and then exactly after all of the relevant information has been laid out, yeah. I'm going, that's no more questions. Absolutely <laughs> Definitely. No more. Hey, now we're angry about the questions. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing we noticed is that for some reason even though there are lots of japanese words in this game yeah maruku is one that they like all over pronounce oh she works at maruku tofu shop yeah <laughs> they all halfway pause before and after the word and emphasize maruku the fact that the, fact that the characters go risei kujikawa and then yeah go, maruku <laughs> hey yosuke hey yosuke yosuke do you like to go to maruku tofu shop or whatever risei has no apparent personal interaction with Miss Yamano, but they've been on the same show before. Yeah. Not even at the same time. Mm -hmm. So everybody immediately thinks, well, she's on TV and she's coming here, so maybe she's going to be a target. Right. But she doesn't necessarily have a connection to to the previous murders, which is what we thought used to be a prerequisite. Right. Dojima is definitely interested in that and concerned Mm -hmm. about her appearing. He definitely is like, "Mm, I don't want, you know, this seems like a likely target given vague parameters. Yeah. Um, And they're definitely still looking into that. And then the next day at school. Oh, we're going to the next day. June 20th. Right after school, we have some conversations about Risei. And one of them, another moment of Yosuke being shitty. Yeah. Is Kanji's like, oh, I don't really follow pop culture. So I don't really know who it is. Yeah. And Yosuke's like, are you an idiot? Like you. Had-? And he says something to try to trap Kanji into a like, like a, a brain trap of you're an idiot. Yes. And Kanji doesn't get what he's doing and so is just like oh no I no I don't actually know and stays totally level and chill and yes. it makes Yosuke look even worse by comparison yeah because Yosuke tries to make him look dumb well, and he does it in multiple ways like he can't believe Kanji doesn't know who Risei is and then when they're talking about is Risei a target possibly mm, that's did, what it was did we yeah. watch the TV channel did we watch the midnight yes, channel and before? we saw a Risei so we did see someone who appeared to be Risei uh, when he's saying to Kanji like if she doesn't have any connection to the other ones, then we know the only thing that's connecting them is that they appeared on TV or something. Yeah. But Kanji's like, I don't get it. And then Yosuke's like, are you kidding me? Let me walk you through this one slow word at a time. Yeah. And he's being so shitty. Especially coming from like the second dumbest person on the team. Yeah. It's like a really rough and dumb mm-hmm. thing. We talked to Naoki Konishi. Finally, we actually, like, have a conversation with him. That's Saki Konishi's little brother. Mm -hmm. He is just sort of dismissive of us, but we say, like, no, we do want to talk to you. Because he's like, you just want to talk to me about the murders. And we're like, no, we want to know about you. Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, well, whatever. Everybody always says that. But uh, maybe I'll be here at exactly the same time tomorrow if you want to talk again about not the murders. And then uh, a kid tells us they want us to find her twin sister, the twins we've been seeing wandering around all the time. Mm -hmm. And then we give the woman 
the slim woman meat gum for the fox. <laughs> and she like doesn't even say it's bad. She's just like, I really like snacks, but the problem is every snack I've ever had has definitely been good. Right. So I need a snack that's at least weird. I need to complicate my idea of snack uh-huh. so that when I think of snack, maybe I just pause and go, do I want snack? Maybe I don't want snack. I, I actually think this is kind of funny. <laughs> I like because it. I, I have always enjoyed watching people writing quests have to like f- come up with some reason for you to give them yeah, an object. Exa- yes. And obviously they could have done something simpler than this, but going the route of like extra weird uh-huh. and funny because it's weird it's is good. definitely better. And so her being like, mm, this meat gum is it's basically just meat, chewy meat. Yeah. That and it's not horrible, but it is bad. But is it at least it's interesting. It's definitely strange, but I think I've successfully complicated my idea of what a snack right. is. Right. Now when I want a snack, I'll have to think about it. Rather than the, like, the Breath of the Wild method of this <laughs> quest would be like, Hey, I heard there's something called meat gum. I love meat and I love gum. If only I could try both. And yeah. then you would bring them the meat gum and they'd be like, Hooray! Meat gum! Here's a banana. It's amazing! Wow, meat gum is weirder and better than I ever thought. I'm going to chew it while I walk across the countryside. Uh-huh. Here's a banana! <laughs> <laughs> That's just as simple as possible. Everybody's so positive. And it's still good. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, different approaches for different roaches. <laughs> Technically, we go to, like, hang out with Ari Minami again by taking care of her son. Oh, yeah, yeah. Utah is oh, being boy. kind of a crummy kid on the playground. We talk to Ari, and Ari says, this is a weird conversation that they force us into. Yeah. Because Ari tells us, like, hey, did you know everything's predestined? <laughs> Like, she's like, I don't know if you knew about this, but I've been reading a lot of books about how God has already decided everything about our whole lives. Doesn't that make you feel great? And isn't it true for sure? And the only option that you have if you want her to like you is to just blindly be like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah, you're definitely right. 100% predestination. Another example of the game, like the game's optimal expectation of you to do something completely counter to things that we personally believe. Yeah, it's like... we just wanted to say, no, that idea is boring and bad. Yeah. Like, like no. No. Predestination is a useless way to think about the world. Right. And it's an excuse for you to not... Take responsibility trying. for your actions and try to do better. Exactly. Um, But it is interesting that that came up during this week, which I described as the funnel of fate, where yeah. the game itself is making us do stuff we cannot escape. And in this particular game... The predestination is true. I mean, it is weird. There is a weird aspect to a video game character telling you that everything's already been decided. Right. Because that is true. More or less true. For this, for Utah, the computer computer game character, (laughs) Utah really, really has had her whole life predestined. Yeah. And her whole life is the course of this one year. So, how's that for ludonarrative consonants? (laughs) But it's gross. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's gross. I don't want to care. Yeah. And I do think, I think for sure her character's got to have some sort of turn where she realizes that's a bad thing. Right. Because it We're seems s- like even the game knows this is actually bad. Right. And that's the thing I have to keep reminding myself. Is that so many of the like annoying or troubling things that people say early on in their social links uh-huh. are apparently the things they are also going to work through. And like, it, we're and here it, for their issues. It seems like the game wants you to be supportive of them. Sure. And let them figure it out on their own, which I don't think is always actually the correct way to do nope. things. But also you can't like, there's a lot of good evidence that fighting people directly yeah. rather than slowly suggesting maybe another course of action well, produces was- a reactionary response that 
doesn't allow for progress. But it still would have been nice if the game had given us the opportunity to say like that makes sense rather than like that's sure. true. I could see why you say that because we had to say directly like we agree with you. Yeah. Rather than just being like, oh yeah, I totally get why you I feel can, that way. I can get that. And and also for her in this moment who feels stuck and trapped, that coping mechanism of like, well, but what choice do I even have? Like, yeah. of, of course I'm here. And of course I'm alone in this house with this child who doesn't love me and will never love me because that's what was going to happen. <laughs> and I've, and it's interesting, good that she points out, this was a recent revelation for her that she <laughs> heard basically a televangelist or whatever espousing this idea and then went to a talk and felt so relieved to learn that there's a higher power with a plan. Yeah. Because that relieves the tension of feeling so bad about where you're at. And the way that, and it is a like, that is the situation where you end up like vulnerable to that kind of thing. Yeah. Like when you are in a, when you're living in a way that makes you feel powerless yep. and you're living in a situation where the people around you seem to be just sort of like, putting you in a place you don't want to be doing work you don't want to be doing and yeah. like carrying the emotional labor of a family that you didn't really want to have. Yep. Like it makes sense that you'd be like, okay, the only way I can get through this is if I decide this is the only thing. Right, if this exactly. is just, this is just what it was going to be. This is where I am. People say things like, like, you know, uh, you know, no matter where you are, you're on the path and there's only one path and you just you're walking along it. And you might wish you were on a different path, but you can't be. And I think that's bullshit. Yes. Because you absolutely could have made different choices mm -hmm. or things could have gone better or worse for you in different ways. Well, I don't even think it's about could. It's not about the it's that you can uh, well, you continue can. to make new choices. And that's my like depression talking, like always sort of thinking back to forks I could have taken. Right. But but that it, but it is true that things could have gone differently. Yeah, but it's not it, it useful. But it, that's not the useful way to look at it. But yeah. I'm saying it is function is literally true mm -hmm. that things at any moment can happen differently. Yes. But the the useful way to look at it is instead of looking back and going, oh God, how did I get here to this place? Mm -hmm. You got to look. Okay, well, how do I get to another place I'd like to be? And we do get to do at least a little bit of that with Ari, where we yeah. say. So are you saying that Utah will never love you or that you can yes. never love Utah? And she's like, well, I don't know about that. And right. when it's put in that terms, she thinks about it and we can tell that she's thought a little exactly. bit. Exactly. That's a good, the positive twist. Yeah. June 21st, we go and hang out with the Fox for a little bit, but nothing super special happens. Yes. And then we do see Risa on the Midnight Channel wearing a swimsuit. Mm -hmm. And it even mentions that the Midnight Channel is zooming in really specifically on her chest mm -hmm. and thighs. Yes. Yosuke calls and it's like, it's Risa and I know it's Risa and like, don't even worry. I definitely know it's Risa, but yeah. don't ask me why. Right, exactly. Which is like another one of his like, blah. and it Not doesn't even give us a chance to call anyone else. It's just like, call Yosuke or, or wait call to talk no to him tomorrow. One. Yeah. It's so annoying. Yep. It would be nice to be able to choose a different best friend. <laughs> it would. But fate has decreed yeah. that we are stuck with Yosuke. Like, why are we Why are we able to choose our romantic partner but not decide who our best friend uh -huh. is? That's a very interesting. That's a very good question. It is because a romantic partner is an accessory. Yeah. No, exactly. In this form of story. Yeah. Right? It is a, an optional side quest. It's because Yosuke is a character that has agency and will change the story by right. being around you, and your romantic partner doesn't actually change the plot of the game. At and all. doesn't have agency. Like, right. they don't get to choose whether they like you or not. You are fully shaping yes. whether or not they choose to fall in love with you or not. Which is a really interesting, like, that itself is, is a dangerous thing that I think video games do espouse. Yep. And yep. that's something that we've, you know, mm. people are talking about all the time, mm -hmm. is that, like, video games... Video games prioritize what you want yeah. to such an extreme that, like, 
it's definitely a problem. We've talked about agency this week already mm-hmm. on your two show, and this is a different aspect of that where the agency you have on your own actions mm-hmm. within a game gets extended into like taking agency away from the other people who are supposed yes. to be people in your story. Exactly. And that is the darker side of and that. that. That's still a problem with Bioware's games. Yeah. It's a problem with all all games that have romantic options is that, that it, any of these people will like you no matter what. Like it, Because it's programmatically decided. And an interest, and the, but the interesting thing is when these companies don't do that, like when uh, Bioware decides to have characters have specific preferences based on the type of character you're playing, yeah. when those limits are placed at all... Mm-hmm players like there's a whole subset of players that get furious sure that their like relationships are taken away from them and i don't i don't object to that necessarily right and the the interesting thing about a game like this and especially a relationship oriented game is that whoever you are you are be like it is your character in your world and you may have interest in any given person or you want to try and really so i don't i'm not opposed to a game that allows you to theoretically become involved with anyone well, so but it is weird that I, there's something icky about i will decide who is my relationship in this game in this playthrough and i will make the right choices to make that happen like well, the game fact approach to romance right i'll tell you the worst well the worst part about it is the uh the worst version of this in my opinion is dragon age 2 mm-hmm. i love that game i think it's a really really good game yeah they tried something with their romance system in that game that i actually think is like dangerous mm, bad mm-hmm. and the uh i can sum that up with one word and that's rival mance oh. i don't know if you've ever played these games no i haven't but so, I, I have several friends who like them a lot and have told me about them so i know a lot of about what, what happens so dragon that? age dragon age overall generally the way that you get people to like you is like when you say or do stuff that lines up with their opinions of yeah. you or opinions of the world yeah. then they like you a little bit more okay that ties in in inquisition and in dragon age one right. that ties into their romance of you as well because your conversations with them if you agree with them or your opinions line up with theirs right then they're like oh good we have this in common and they can grow to like you and grow to love you or whatever. yes okay dragon age 2 allows you to take a romantic path with any character that is different based on whether they hate you as a person or like you as a person but you can still have a romantic path with them and that is gross i'm shocked by that i can't yeah i can't I believe you haven't heard about this like the sound of that at all it's so there's a there's there's the so what you can functionally neg people into romancing you yeah you can you what? can at any point you can have a romance with any character regardless of whether or not they really dislike you or really like you it it kind of treats physical attraction and like sexual attraction as like a totally different thing. Oh god. In a way that's very gross. And the and what the reason that's the worst one is that okay, ostensibly, yeah. if you're playing the game as you, if you're playing Dragon Age as you and yeah. you're making choices all the time in line with your actual beliefs, right. then the person that you will romantically be interested in you will show up based on who is lining up the most like with a lo- your yeah. opinions. And like there will be people that will be romantically available to you based on whether or not they agree with you. And yeah. if you're actually playing genuinely to yourself, yes. that could even be that none of them end up liking you enough that you get to a romance with them. Sure. Because it could be that your choices are kind of like a mix of people's or whatever. Yep. And one of, one of the problems with 
that kind of romantic form that does not line up with real life is that there's no way to like have a serious in-depth discussion about like moving forward despite a difference okay or like learning to like sure continue to respect someone or like someone like you don't lose liking points just because i disagree right okay but like that is better than even if someone hates you, you're able to have a romance with them. And it does. It makes yeah. it makes your romantic interest take priority over everything about another person, which is so gross. So you can just be... I mean, we've talked before. I really don't like that games let you be an asshole. Yeah. I, I really don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think that's bad. And I know people disagree with me and they're probably right. But like <laughs> the idea that you can... The, the the idea that a game validates you being anything other than decent to the people around you yeah is dangerous mm-hmm. to me like if you're going to be if you're going to go renegade or whatever literally everybody should hate you and that's i mean there are some games and that I know we're that seeing that... lately have been taking that tack like that's what undertale is kind of about yeah right and, and like I think we're shifting culturally right. kind of in that direction. But it's a, but 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 the fact that you can be a complete asshole and still proceed through the game is part of that like No, pro- I, I, Undertale is not that way. No, That's I'm not talking about Undertale. I'm talking about other ones. Mm-hmm. No, 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 not Undertale, but like the like Dragon Age or whatever, like the the BioWare yeah. games accommodate you. They accommodate you over everything else. Mm-hmm. And you can finish this game no matter what you say basically. Yeah. Like you I mean, you have to reload a save cuz you as get killed as long as you can shoot good enough. This is what I'm saying, right? And so, so the, so you, you, we, uh, we have a bunch of people who've spent hundreds of hours playing video games by themselves where they can say literally anything and still succeed Mm -hmm. to take that even further. And for you to be able to have a really negative relationship with somebody and get in, in a like sex relationship with them or whatever, like a romance is disgusting. Like it sounds yeah. really, like really gross. And I don't know all the details, but it sounds really gross. And and like when you look at Persona Four, with the exception of very few times, you can say something so bad that it totally ends a conversation. Yeah. With the exception of uh, those few times. Yeah. You, as long as you give enough time to someone, even if you don't say stuff that like they agree with, eventually they like you enough that you can like just over time just move the social link forward. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's, and it, I mean, these are all limited systems, and it's fine. Like, right, it's, it's fine very, very but tough. It's, but it's interesting to talk about why they don't work, or what we would optimally like to see, and whether you know whether that's possible or whatever. And this, and Persona, even more than other games, takes a step toward that like conversation around uh, what would happen if we put our energy into socializing and love rather than murder yeah, in totally. video games like mm-hmm. what would happen if all if the millions of dollars were given to games about connections between people and not to games yeah because like honestly if you threw as much money as you do at like creating a new graphical like physics engine yeah as you do at paying writers to make the most intricate conversations possible yep like if you were doing that if you were making that happen we would make huge strides in simulating and yeah uh communicating with people right and we are in slow ways in yes s- as that becomes more important to culturally to different people right and persona was is and has been a huge step in the direction of those kinds of games hitting mainstream popularity yes where like people who would never play a uh like a dating sim or yeah. like a uh, a visual novel sure will play persona because it gives them a little bit of this other thing to make them realize oh i actually do like this aspect of it right because a lot of people who don't play visual novels 
love Persona and will talk about how much they love the story. And it's like, oh, that's just a visual novel. Yeah, you like that now. Like, but you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were just playing a visual novel that also had a dungeon crawler, but that's it's it's so different as to basically be a separate game. Yeah. Like, you loved the visual novel part of that the most. Right, right. The rest of that day is we go to Mariku where Risei is, yep. and we go try to warn her about the fact that she might be captured. For the first time of this game so far, yep. Risei goes, hey, thanks for the warning. That makes sense. And part of this is because she's gone through a lot yep. in her life, and as an idol, she's dealt with a lot of danger. Mm-hmm. And so she is ready to believe, like, yeah, I could see getting targeted because I'm in a small town that's already got a bunch of murders. Yeah. Thank you for warning me. I was already going to be careful, but I'll be extra careful, and I appreciate the warning. Right. Like, she gives us this totally level-headed, like, immediately this game sets her up to be one of the, like, most, like, clear-headed, smart characters. Yes. Yeah. Like, within seconds. Yep. She And she seems kind of down. Like, you can tell she seems sort of, like, unhappy. Yeah. But right away, she's she, like, uh, accepts this in a really, like honest and genuine and not weird way at all yeah she's just like oh yeah uh, thank you yeah okay i, I, I can it's, it's weird that you're telling me but i'll trust you if yeah you're, um and she obviously the way she tells relates that to dojima and adachi a minute later where they come in and say okay we want to tell you about this she's like oh yeah somebody told me that and they're like what and then and they're like yes yeah, so she's so some teens came yeah. and helped me and they'd figure out that it was you and your friends but so she's obviously like she doesn't thinks you're a little bit suspicious too maybe yes yeah but still takes the information like okay but you're not being bad to me right now yeah this is a little weird Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna take you seriously enough to like hopefully avoid getting murdered obviously like that it really does feel like a real possibility okay i'll i'll do what i can yeah and and the i really actually like this part because dojima says like he went up to her. Dojima went up to her to tell her to warn her about the murders because yeah. he just had an intuition about it. He yep. was like, oh, I just kind of feel like, you know, when you're the most famous person possible in this town yeah. and you show up and people have been targeted and they've all been people who were famous in a small way. Yep. Even if he hasn't connected the TV thing yet, that they were all on TV. Right. He was connected like, oh, these are all people who were famous. They're a, a like part of the public awareness. They were being talked about locally. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you are now the most talked about person in town. You are probably in actual danger. Right. And so he goes to talk about it. We have a lot more information. And this because at this point we've seen her on the channel. And so yes. we're like uh, you are probably you, definitely the next target. Yeah. And, but we can't do much about it because we can't really reveal some of that. Right. And that's kind of weird that we don't, we don't have any sense of how to prevent it from happening. All we yeah. can do is warn her, but we don't take the TVs out of her house. Right. You, you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it kind of seems like we should have taken another step or so. Yeah. But there is an aspect too of like, because she's famous, people would say a lot of shit to get close to her. Yes. And so being like, we need to come death proof your house by right. stealing all like, your tvs like there's absolutely no way that that would be that would pass and we have the assumption that the murderer is like pushing them into a tv which is probably what's happening mm-hmm. but we don't know that for sure yeah we don't know exactly how they get there or that they couldn't that they don't have some other way of doing that so it's more about like just like hey don't let anybody get near you or yeah. whatever and she says okay i'll be extra careful yeah and dojima hears that we were there yeah that night he <laughs> nanako goes Wow, we sure have a lot of tofu. <laughs> Which was awesome because it was because we had brought tofu back yeah. and he had brought tofu back yep. twice. Yep. Uh, which it was like such a hilarious... That little touch was one of my favorite writing moments of this whole game. It, la- it made us both laugh like really joyfully. Well, you could almost feel 
Avery and Dojima like bristle because uh-huh. like they both have been looking at this giant pile of tofu that they both brought home uh, and are like, oh no. oh no. And then Nanako brings it up and <laughs> right. Dojima transitions from that into like, so I heard you were, you went and talked to Risei today. What'd you talk about? And he already knows what we talked about. Right. And so we decided to just try being we'll clear. Just be honest. Yeah. We're like, oh, we decided to warn her about the murders. Yeah. And he, this is an interesting moment where you could tell the writing couldn't quite figure out how to like get us through this conversation without him getting upset. Yes. And so they just had him cut out his own momentum. Yeah. He was like, as soon as you said, oh, we went to talk about the murders, he's just like, I told you, just like, don't get in the middle of this. Like, never mind. Like, I don't think you're doing anything wrong, but like, don't do it. Like, whatever it is you're doing, don't do that. Yeah, but he doesn't put it But he doesn't even say it. Like, he's none, yeah, he's just like, it's weird. And it's, it's weird he moment. has already recognized that it's weird we're hanging out with Kanji. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff here that he had to throw at us, and he just yep. doesn't do it. And maybe it's because we've we've made him love us so he, much. He, he trusts us now. now. He trusts us we're a family. And meanwhile, we got Nanako over here going, I love the big, big silky brick. I love to eat that silky brick. I want to eat the silken brick food. <laughs> I love the food that is a stone that's soft. And Nanako's just like, you guys met Rise? What? And we're she both like, loves yeah, anybody on the TV. Yeah, anyone on the television, she loves them. You so met much. the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You met my <laughs> next target. <laughs> She's like, wow, I was really looking forward to killing her, but now I'll have to be extra careful. And then that night, we see Risei very, very clearly on the TV. Oh, and that was another thing. Yeah. Risei told us earlier that day. She says she watched the Midnight Channel. Yes, that's the other thing. Oh yeah. She says I did see myself on the Midnight Channel, but that's not my body. Right. She's like, that's she, that's me, but my body doesn't have those proportions. Right. She looked at, she specifically is like, my cup size isn't that big or yeah. something. There's like, and it's a really interesting moment of like, oh, so with everyone else, yeah. their, uh, their changes yep. have been about clothing. They've yeah. been about like how they've been representing themselves. Yes. And her change, hmm. the one that we see first is that her body is different. Yeah. Interesting. And so her issue, we can... Uh, assume it's gonna have something body image Mm self-consciousness which makes sense because Mm -hmm. she's famous she's a famous model and and actress or whatever like an idol yeah and i'm excited about like having somebody around who has like a job like like yeah one of the reasons she seems so mature it seems like is she's she is like already had to deal with a lot of nonsense she's been out in the world living among adults presumably yeah as a teenager mm-hmm. she seems really cool i like her so far a lot and yeah. am excited to see how her story goes on i sure hope we can save her from being murdered in the television <laughs> sure would be great yeah uh so is this, that it yeah that's the end of our week Sorry we talked so long about the camping trip. About bummers. This was like, this was a bummer week for us to play. And so I kind of expected this this week to feel like that we both kind of dreaded. I wanted to just be like, let's just not talk about it at all. Can we just just blur past it? But then I'm so frustrated by it. Yeah. Yosuke, and Yosuke's shitty when we're talking to Risei too. Like, Kanji's trying to rib him and is like, is like, yeah, he said he could always recognize you from your thighs and and your boob shapes. Which is interesting because, because... It, it was not correct, right? Like, that's such a weird aspect of this that he's like, I recognized her for sure because of her body. And right. she's like, that's not my body. So exactly. Like, how did Yosuke, how yeah, did that work? It's a little, yeah. He, uh, I, uh, the thing is, Yosuke's thirst 
is is like fogging up his glasses, uh-huh. right? He's like, oh, I, 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 that's definitely her because it's a woman body. He I, says, I think my glasses aren't working because I can see the fog. And then, right? He's like, oh no, no, it's my own. Yeah, it's my own. I'm fog. fogging myself up. Um, I'm fogging myself up. <laughs> Yosuke Hanamura story. Uh, so go fog yourself, Yosuke. Go fog yourself, Yosuke. You're out of here. Off the team. Off the team. He is not coming into Rise's dungeon. No, he will not be participating in this investigation. And if the story <laughs> dictates him to be speaking, I will be furious. <laughs> um, so we've. Uh, we got him out. We don't have to talk to Adachi anymore. We don't have to talk to Yosuke anymore. Our to-do list is dwindling. It is shrinking down, but we did. <laughs> but then add- it's also growing because we now have a fr- friend in death. Mm-hmm. So welcome to Persona 4, everybody. It's still a video game. <laughs> it's still for sure going. It is an anime <laughs> video game, and it's got the worst of both. And hey, we even... <laughs> But I'm still happy to be here. I'm happy to be playing it, and I'm happy to be moving past this section of the game Uh and and into what seems like a brand new tomorrow. Some new, some actual plot going on. Hey, you know what? Even when a day sucks, it's still great. Because every day's great. (laughs) Thanks, you guys, for listening. Thank Uh, you. Check out our other show, Your Two Show, if you haven't yet. It's great. You'll have a great time. Yes, you will. And thanks to everybody who did anything related to Persona, except the people who wrote the Yosuke shit. <laughs> Yada here. I also know we've talked about it on your two show. I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast yet. Yeah. Uh, currently, Avid Bookshop is doing some special pre-order bonuses for my book, Top Elf, which right. is coming out later this year. Caleb has a very good book coming out in September called Top Elf. It's a book about a competition to be Santa Claus. It's very funny, and it's about the length of the first Harry Potter book, so it's easy to get through. And I authorized Caleb to say that it was funny. He had That's <laughs> my opinion not his uh, and we're doing we're doing a special thing right now where if you pre-order a copy from avid bookshop which we can ship anywhere in the world for like pretty standard shipping rates mm-hmm. um we will send it to you along with a special art print postcard made by juliana chen mm-hmm. who's a google doodler Thanks, and juliana. a friend of the show and also uh you will support project safe because if we get a certain number of pre-orders we'll be able to afford doing a full percentage day with uh, Project Safe, where ten percent of our sales during our book fair period for them will go directly to them. Project Safe is an Athens uh, local organization working to end domestic violence. They're really, really great. Very good uh, work. And also, just on top of that, like pr- I would love it if you pre-ordered my book. And it's like th- the fact that I am able to write books and sell them is part of why I have the time and ability uh-huh. to make podcasts like this. Yeah. So if you show your support for that book it will help me continue to afford to make podcasts every single week yes so, please uh thank y'all so much and yes, thank you uh, i think that's all i have to say do you oh, thank that's you. all for me thanks for the persona music persona thanks persona <laughs> the composers shoji miguro uh i'm caleb zane hewitt i'm nick splendor get in touch with our products get in touch with our products Juness. <laughs>